0: we worship King. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise God. All right. Amen. Amen. Isn't it a wonderful thing to worship the Lord? Amen. And if you have family with you this morning in the house of the Lord, worshiping alongside yes, of you, yes. that is a more wonderful thing. Hallelujah. In fact, it's the best thing best thing of all. Amen. Alright, we are so honored to have Brother Lucas and his family here with us today, and our other guests, but uh, I have not uh, really had much of a chance to spend too much time with these folks, but my goodness, what a family. What a family. Amen. 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 What a family. Hallelujah. The time that we have been able to spend uh, is certainly... It's been good. Amen. All right. It has been good. Yeah. So uh, talked to Brother trail here a couple of times and what a great guy and all the rest of you. And uh, I would just like to say it's so good to have Brother Kramer with us. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 We've known him for a couple of years. Amen. Once he, I found out he knew Brother Lucas, I figured, well, he probably knows everybody else too.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, Brother Lucas, we are so honored to have you here with us. This gentleman is all the way from Japan to be our featured speaker here this morning. Not really, but that's, part, that's an add-on. Amen. He had a very important mission. That was to uh, participate and uh, speak to his youngest son. I told him, I said, now what are you gonna do? No more kids to get married, right? (laughs) (laughs) Amen. Well Lucas, please come. God bless you this morning. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you,
2: Jesus.
1: Praise the Lord. What a joy to be with you today. Thank you, Jesus. There, I, I enjoy when God lays something on my heart All to right. minister the Word of God. Praise God. But I will yes. tell you, this is one time, as I stand here today, understanding the caliber of men that are in this place, in ministry, it is a, a little bit scary. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I could take a long time uh, honoring each of them. First, I want to say how much I appreciated the Bible study uh, this week by Pastor Knowles that I will carry with me probably the rest of my life that impacted me very very much very deeply amen and I'm grateful for it praise God amen I will never forget him sharing that Jesus did not say come and I will follow me I'll make you a great preacher a great teacher but I will teach you to fish for men I'll teach you how to fish for men. And uh, I want to be a better fisherman. Amen. Praise God. Uh, When I found out Brother Kramer was here, amen, I remember the young minister in the Ohio district. One of the things, I I saw Brother Kramer in a lot of situations, and uh, that man's integrity, and that man's commitment to try to keep a Christian spirit, even when treated unfairly and unkindly, and even sometimes some folks that were not always honest. But I watched him, and, uh, you know, I, I was thinking today, and I, these other ministers, Brother Sanders, one of the greatest soul owners I know, his, him and his precious wife were so dear to us, Pastor Coppel, 39 years pastor, and uh, to me, he is the greatest example of what a pastor ought to be. <laughs> and also, the kindest, most compassionate man I've ever known on any district board anywhere. Amen. And, of course, our three sons, I love to hear them preach and teach. Yeah. and their wives, amen, that love God. And so, what a privilege to be here. Amen. <laughs> but I thought, Brother Freeman, when I started in ministry, there were some, even some that pastored big churches, that to, that some of them, by the time they died, they were not even in truth. They were not walking with God. Others, others that built phenomenal uh, functions and operations and had what looked like dynamic revival for a time, and then we looked and where they at, and today they're not even walking with God at all in truth at all. But I thank God for men of God that have lived for God consistently through the years. Amen. And I was speaking with Brother Kramer the other night on the phone, or whenever it was, yesterday, I guess, and he shared something, and I will carry that also. I came back and shared it with everybody in the family. I'll carry that the rest of my life as well. He said, we preach and teach what we know, but we reproduce what we are. Amen. I'm going to ask you to go ahead and be seated. You've been standing for a little bit. Uh, You can be turning to John chapter 17 and verse 3. That's what we're going to read from. But uh, I'll tell you, I made up my mind a long time ago that um, I don't want to just be a flash in the pan, do some big thing for a little while, and then not even be living for God or walking with God. Right. 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 I want to walk with God and if somebody comes back 5 years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, I still want to be walking with God. Wow. Of course, I probably right. want to be here 50 years from now, one way or the other. Right. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Although I just, I just saw a picture of a minister that pastored until he was 122 years oh, old. Wow. An apostolic church. 122 years old what? and then he turned the church to someone else and a year later he died <laughs> he probably should have kept after him <laughs> amen. Uh, my 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 i thought wow i, I got a long ways to go amen. Uh, amen but i'm so thankful to be here today and i want to go right to the word of the lord praise god and i, I will tell you in this church i have I have sensed and I've picked up right away there are some people in this church that have a walk with God, a deep walk with God, and love God, and a great Christian character. And that doesn't happen in a vacuum. I thank God for the leadership in this church and for this church. Amen. Amen. I want to mention what a joy it's been to us. And of course, we absolutely love and adore Sister Corey. Used to be Smith, now it's (laughs) Lucas. But uh, we love and adore her. But we have come to love and appreciate very deeply her family as well. And it is a joy that the Lord has allowed our families to be linked together. In John chapter 17, verse 3, this is a verse I have never, ever heard a preacher preach on in my lifetime, other than when God dealt with me about this. And that's very difficult for me to understand because of what it says. And today, I really feel like the Lord would have me almost more just talk to you. From not just my heart, but I really feel from the heart of the Lord rather than just preach a message. But John chapter 17, verse 3, and of course, this is the prayer of Jesus. He said, this is life eternal. And most apostolics think he'd say, it. quote Acts 2.38 next. Some would say, think he'd quote things about holiness living next. But he says, this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. And I want to speak to you today about how well do you know him? Because that is the one thing that matters more than anything else will ever happen in your life. There's not one other thing will ever happen in your life as is important as an answer to that question. Amen. It don't matter what your Pentecostal pedigree is. The one thing that matters is how well do you know him? That's everything. And that's going to determine everything in your life. Is how well do you know him. Now this strikes us as one of Pentecostals is a bit odd. Because this is Jesus praying. And he identifies the one to whom he is praying. And of course as a man he was our example in prayer. As a man he was our example. And yet he was and is God. But he said that they might know thee. This is life eternal. This is what eternal life is all about. Is knowing thee the one true God. And when we think of that. We recognize that the Bible tells us in uh, Isaiah 9.6. That uh, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And uh, his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The same one that is the child born is the mighty God. Come on. The same one that the son given, he says, is the everlasting or eternal father. Right. The only one in the Bible ever so identified as the eternal or everlasting father is the same one that the scripture tells us is the child that was born, right. the son that is given. Right. Amen. Come on. Come on. And uh, praise God. And, and so we... Worship and adore Him. But when we think of God Almighty, the the Creator of the universe, and there were people before Christ, the Lord Jesus came, and, and God was manifest in the flesh. Before that, there were people who had a walk with God, and they knew God. After a fashion, Abraham was called the friend of God, and Moses is identified as the friend of God. And it tells us that Moses spoke face to face with God, and God spoke to him as a man speaks with his friend. And I thought, could it be or will it be that the deepest walk with God that a human being would ever have would be Abraham from the Old Testament or Moses from the Old Testament? Or would it be the will of God that there would be people in our day that would enter into a deeper, more intimate relationship with the Lord and know Him deeper? And I cannot help but believe that in this day with this incredible salvation has been made available for us and so much God has given to us that God desires for people to walk with him intimately deeper than anyone in the Old Testament had an experience or opportunity to know Amen Praise God It tells us and, and we look at the God of the Old Testament, the creator, the one that opened the Red Sea, the one that brought Israel out of Egypt, the one that provided for them in the wilderness, the one that helped them in their battles. And knowing that God, that creator, the mighty God, is an, a, mar- a marvelous thing. Mm-hmm. But then the scripture tells us that God ordained, because uh, though man could know God as the mighty God, There was a level of intimacy that we were not able. And it was one thing when we could see the glory of God. But when we saw that glory made flesh and dwell among us and walk among us. When God became man and God walked among us. And we saw things about God we could never understand before. Amen. It tells us that God ordained that in the face of Jesus Christ we would have the knowledge of God. And there's a whole level of knowledge of knowing God and, and knowing how much He cares about us, knowing how concerned He is about us, how much He can be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, how much compassion He feels for you and I. And that, that is an amazing thing. And we could not know that. Just knowing God as the creator, but it's only when he came and walked among us and, and as the man Christ Jesus, who was God with us. Go yeah. Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. The Bible says he was in the world. The world was made by him, but yeah. the world knew him not. I'm going to tell you, for a human being, because God created us with a purpose and the purpose of you and I living was not to be able to have a big house or a nice car or not to be able to have a lot of friends or a big job or a big title or, or any of that. But the purpose of our life was that we would know God. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That yeah. we would know God. It's not enough. To be religious, not enough to be Pentecostal. We've not. got to know the Lord. It is, it is. We've got to have an it intimate is. walk in relationship and relationship and fellowship with Him. And that's what this is all about. And, you, and if you and I live our life, and no matter what else we experience, if we don't really yes, know yes. Him, we miss what it's all about. Yes, wow. sir. Amen. It's a danger to not know the Lord. It tells us in Judges two ten. And this is so hard to believe because I want you to know the first generation weren't the ones that, that God said this, uh, of those that came out of, out of Egypt that God said this to, but it's in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, that God told us that He is one Lord. Yeah, one mm-hmm. Lord yeah. And then He said, you've got to teach this to your kids. Right. One of the things that's been so painful to me, everybody I've ever met in Pentecost, when they have little kids born, they think their kids are going to grow, grow up and, and, and really live for God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was so stirred while well, I was still single many years ago when I saw how many, how many kids grow up and don't even live for God, don't, mm-hmm. don't love God.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Many of them that don't know God. Yeah. And that, then I met a family in California. They were not a preacher or pastor or in any leadership role. Oh, mom and dad Elms had four boys. Mom and dad Elms were the janitors and custodians and carekeepers. And he kept the buses running for the church. And yet they had four sons grew up, all four of them became ministers, not just ministers, but among ministers they were recognized as leaders. And every one of them, the reason they were in that position, one of them, Brother David Elms, became district superintendent of the District of North Carolina. Amen. Brother Wendell Elms became the secretary of the Texas District. Brother Roy Elms, their oldest son, was a presbyter in the Texas District. And their youngest, or their their second oldest son, brother uh, Bernard Elms, is a. Presbyter in California. Every one of them not only lived for God, but they were leaders among ministers. And none of them because they were the most fantastic speaker or the most gifted order, or, but every one of them because the people knew them as a man who knows the Lord, who walks with God, who has a hunger for God, has an integrity in a relationship with God. I thought, what was it that a custodian and his wife put something in their kids? I'll tell you one thing. It was absolutely forbidden in their home to criticize a preacher. It was forbidden in their home to speak ill of any saint. If those kids wanted to get their backside swatted, the fastest way to do it was to say something against the pastor or something bad about a saint and I recognized this and I realized those boys grew up the greatest heroes in their lives was their pastor and other men of God and they heard from their parents at the dinner table oh what a message pastor preached today and they would talk about the message pastor preached not criticizing not oh it was too long or it was this or that but they would they would speak about it and, and talk about good things he said. And they would say, Hey, did you notice, Brother So and so, how he worshiped today? Oh, that touched my heart. Did you notice, Sister So and so, how faithful she is, how hard. And that they, they built in the hearts of their sons. A love for the saints of God. A love for the ministry. Until the greatest heroes in those kids' lives became ministers. The greatest heroes were saints of God. And those kids desired. I want to know God like that. I want to serve God like that. I want to be used to God like that. And oh, those are, things are so important. Those things are so important. And I realized... That the Bible says that that the only way any of us are going to be saved is through the foolishness of preaching. God chose through the foolishness of preaching to save them to believe. But if our kids just hear criticism of ministers and and other ministers and tearing down. I'll never forget a minister's son one day told me. The only preacher I've got respect for is my dad. And I... It ripped me inside. I thought, buddy, I hope, you out. I hope your dad outlives you or you're going to be lost. Yeah. Sure and that boy is far, far, far from God. Both he and his brother, that, that minister had two sons. Neither one of them lived for God, neither one of them believed in God. Because if anybody's going to be saved, they're going to have to believe the preaching of the gospel. And if they don't have no faith in the preacher, they're not going to believe what he preaches. And if they're going to be saved, they've got to be part of the church. And if they got no confidence in other saints then why would they want to be part of the church? Come on. Come so on. I better yeah. put a love in my kids for the house of God, for the people of God. Yeah. Yeah. None of them are perfect. Not one of us is perfect. We all make the mistakes. We all have our need to grow. But the finest people on, on earth are the people of God. Yeah. Yeah. The greatest people of God. Our people ministering the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We better let them be the heroes in our kids' lives. Amen. Amen. There are so many good things in brothers and sisters in the church to point out to our kids till our kids want to be like the good things they see in others in the church. I'll never forget standing in the office of Brother uh, Brother McKinnis and Newquan, Illinois, who was a pastor there many years. And, and, uh, and what a great man of God. And he had a picture on his office wall. I believe there was 80 or 81 people in that picture. And they were all his kids, grandkids and great-grandkids. And everyone in that picture, except two little babies, every other person in that picture had repented, been baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and was walking with God. Awesome. Friends, that doesn't come by accident. That comes because somebody caused those kids to want to know the God that dad, the grandpa, the great grandpa knows to know that God, to walk with God. Amen. We've got to have a relationship with the Lord that other people want to have. we got to present to them the truths of who God is, that they want to know Him above everything. And if they—if we present Him as He is, they're going to want to know Him because He really is life. He's the source of life. Amen. And Judges, it tells us that there rose a generation. They were the kids of the ones that crossed the Jordan River, the ones that conquered the promised land. It says there arose, when Joshua died and the elders that had, that outlived Joshua, that had served with him, when they died, there arose a new generation. Yeah. The very ones that God had spoke through Moses and said, you've got to teach your children. They did not teach their children. I guess they assumed their kids would pick it up, but their kids didn't pick it up. And it says there arose a generation that did not know God. Yeah. The kids of the very ones that heard that command of Deuteronomy chapter 6 did not know God. And then there was Eli, the priest. And it says his sons were sons of Belial, and they did not know the Lord. And to them, things around the church, things around the, the, the work of God had just become a formality and they would cut corners and they would do things that were flat out wrong. And they lived immoral lives. Because though Eli was the priest, the high priest, his sons didn't know God. Didn't know God at all. And they were sons of Balaal. It's a dangerous thing. And and in Jeremiah chapter 31, the Lord said, I'm gonna make a new covenant with Israel. And this one I'm not gonna I'm not gonna write my laws on on tables of stone. I'm going to write it in the fleshly tables of men's hearts and and I will dwell with them and and they will know me from the least to the greatest. They will all know me. Everybody that's part of that covenant, what that covenant is going to be about is people knowing me. People having a walk with me. People having a relationship with me. That's what that covenant is all about. And the scripture tells us that covenant is this. I'll never forget Brother Wayne Huntley pointed out, he said, "When, and we, I've, I've heard it referenced all my life and I've heard different things about it. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I the son of man am? Some, of them say, well, they, some people say you're Jeremiah. Some of them think you're, you're Elijah. Some of them think you're this prophet or that prophet. He said, well, who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, flesh and blood hadn't revealed that to you, Peter. Mm-hmm. And he said, and I say unto thee, now this is a bit odd. Sometimes Jesus did things that could really make you scratch your head. He said things that sometimes you have to stop and think, you know, what is he saying here? And when you look at it, there's a lot deeper meaning sometimes than what we just quickly skim over. He said, and I say unto thee, thou art Peter. Well, I knew that. I know that's my thing. And he said, and on this rock, I will build my church right, right. and the gates of hell shall not prevail yes. against it. I'll never forget when Brother Wayne Huntley pointed this out. He said, what he was saying is this church's foundation is that I know you and you know me. Yes. It's yes. the foundation of everything. Yes. If you don't know the Lord, you can have, have experience the New Testament birth and still be in trouble. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Amen. Come on. In John, in Matthew 7, the Lord said to those who came and, and there are a lot of people today that want to have an experience with God and there are people that seek power with God. And He said there will be many. I wish it didn't use the word many. Even if I said few. It would be terrible, but it says there will be many that will come. He's talking about the Judgment Day. He said there's going to be many that are going to come and, and, and they're going to be shocked to find out their loss. They can't believe their loss. And they say, but th- that can't be. Well, well Lord, we, we prophesied in Your name, which means we spoke under inspiration with the anointing of the Spirit and we were doing it in Jesus' name. And He said they will say, we, and we cast out devils in Your name. And, and, and we perform many wonderful works in your name. In Japanese it says many wonderful miracles. Many translations say many wonderful miracles in your name. And he said, but I will say unto, the, unto them, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Iniquity is sin, but not all sin is necessarily iniquity. Iniquity is a sin against knowledge. It, is, it means lawlessness. It means when you refuse to submit to the Word of God. When you reject God's word and you're going to do it your own way, I was shocked as a when I became a pastor. How many people that claim to be Pentecostal see things in the Bible and have no intention of living that way yeah. in their home? Yeah. There are people that order their home and and in child rearing, they do things in raising their kids, and and they they got they think that they've come up with a better way than God's way, but there's nobody going to come up with a better plan than God's plan. And if we'll understand and make up our minds, if God's Word says it, I believe it. And by God's grace, I'm going to try to walk and live that way. We're doing ourselves a huge favor if we'll do that. And if we don't, we're making a gigantic mistake that's going to come back and hurt us back. Amen. Amen. There's something about knowing the Lord and, and making up our mind, Lord, I want to walk with You. I want to do it Your way. Amen. Jesus. Amen. And Jesus. in Jeremiah, it tells us, verse, chapter 9, verse 33 and 34, it says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glory glory, a glory, glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth. For in those things I did like, saith the Lord. He says, it doesn't matter how, how rich you think you are. You know, compared with with God's riches, whatever riches any of us have is not all that big of a deal. If we think we're so smart, we've got this and that, and we're so smart, compared to God's wisdom and knowledge... We really don't know much. Amen. And as far as might and power, our puny little, what we think is strength is not much to brag about when you're talking about compared with God. But he says there's one thing you've got a right to get excited about. Not your strength, not not your money, not your wisdom. But if you know me, If you know me, that's what really counts. That's what really matters. That's more important than all the rest of it. If you know me. If you understand me. You know, it shocked me that when I've read many times where, and we talk about where Moses said, Oh Lord, show me your glory. And that's beautiful. But so many times, you know that Moses had just spent 80 days on the mountain speaking with God face to face. And then Moses prayed and he said, Lord, let me know you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Moses, you heard God speak to you from a burning bush. You've heard God speak to you. You've crossed the Red Sea. You've seen Israel delivered from Egypt. You've seen manna fall. You've just spent 80 days, 40 days, and then another 40 days on the mountain with the Lord. What do you mean? I want to know you. He says, no. God, I want to know your ways. Yeah. See, the Bible says God's ways are higher than our ways and God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I don't just want to have an experience with you, God. I want to understand how you feel, what you're thinking, what, yes, how yes, you're trying yes. to lead us the direction you're trying to work. Yes. The Lord said, I'm calling you to be my friends, not my servants. The servant don't know what his master's doing, but I want you to understand what I'm doing. I want you to understand my ways. You know that David nine times in Psalm 119 he said, Lord, teach me, teach me, teach me your ways, teach me your paths, teach me your the the what you're trying to say with the statutes you're giving us. Yes. Yes. I want you to teach me. Oh, that there would be that cry in every one of our hearts. God teach me. I want to know you. I want to know your ways. I want to walk with you. I want to understand what it is you're trying to do in my life, what you want my life to be the reason you gave me life. The Bible tells us before we were even born, God already knew us and had a purpose and a will for our life. Yes. But so many of us, we want to use prayer and and a relationship with God just an experience. We want it to bring us what we want in our life rather than saying, God, what is it you want in my life? What's your purpose for me? Yes, sir. I don't want to walk through this life and have never fulfilled the purpose for which you gave me life. The purpose for which which you designed me and desired for me. Amen. Would you stand together? And praise God. Paul had been in ministry so many years. And he was his missionary ministry was finished. He was in prison now. But in Philippians 3, he says, God, I want to know you. He said, folks, I'm telling you, I haven't got there yet. Back when I got started in this, something got a hold of me. And now I'm trying to get a hold of it. I have not arrived yet. But he said, God, I want to know you. I want to I want to understand. I want to know you. Yes, yes. Amen. Thank Is there a heart in us today that says, Lord, I want to know you? Yes, yes. Jesus said, My sheep know my voice. Do we know his voice? Yes. If I don't know his voice, am I really one of his sheep? Wow. So many times before David would do anything, it says he inquired of the Lord. How much do we inquire of the Lord? Lord, is this what you'd have me to do? The way I'm going, is that what your desire? Is that your will for me? Is that your plan? What I want to do is, I want to please you. I want you to have your way in my life. I want my life to fulfill its purpose. I want my life to fulfill what you desire for me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your love for each one of us. For we were ever born. you had a purpose, a will, and desire. For us. Lord, in this these services this morning, it seems like you reached out to talk to our hearts in a deep way. Oh God.
2: Lord, I ask You to help us today. Help us to
1: hunger to know You. Help us to walk with You. Help us to grow in our relationship with You. Praise the Lord. Thank You, Lord Jesus. Thank You, Lord
2: Jesus. Thank You, Lord Jesus. In
1: Titus chapter 1, verse 16, it says the speaks of people who says they profess they know Him, but in works they deny Him. The life I live at work, the life that I live when I'm driving, my actions when I'm driving, when somebody cuts me off in traffic, do, does my works deny that I know Him? How I treat people at the store when I'm shopping and someone's yes. not kind to me or a waitress or somebody that messes up an order or something. Do, do, do my works deny that I even know Him? Come on, come on, that's it. Do my works become a testimony that says he doesn't really know God. Help us, Lord, to truth. Come on. In Hosea 6.3, it says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know Him. You and I can know Him. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to know His voice. He wants to lead us.
0: Yes,
1: Jesus. Amen. He wants to lead yes, us. Jesus. Praise God. It doesn't matter what kind of family we were born into. It doesn't make any difference. Because God can take us where we are, and he can do things that can blow our minds with our lives if we'll let him have his way in our life. Amen. You can read all through the scripture. You can find people who came from all kind of backgrounds. And you can find others that came from, seemed like they had all the right, check marks in their life but they didn't follow on to know the lord amen we've got to spend time with him we've got to talk to him we've got to spend time with his word yes let his word speak to us some people tell me oh pastor i want i want god to speak to me well how are you doing on your bible reading Come on. well I, I i'm not reading much you're probably not going to hear from God if you don't even read His Word. If you'd open that book and get your nose in it and spend some time in it, you'd you'd be shocked how much God will speak to you. Amen. 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 Yes, He will. You start getting into that book and have a hunger to hear from God, God's going to speak to you and He's got a lot to say. He's got a lot to say if He can find somebody that wants to hear. Somebody that's interested. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to be that one that has yes, a heart of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to be that one. Come Any on. one of us can be. Yes. Every one of us yes. can yes. be. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. I want to follow one to know the Lord. I want to follow on to thank know you, the Lord. Praise Jesus. God. Let's pray together again. Oh, God. Hallelujah. You, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus. We thank you, You know each of us where we're at. You know what our life experiences have been. You know where you can lead us, what you can do in us, what you can do through us. Oh God, hallelujah, I thank you for your love for each one of us. That each one that's here today is important to you. They are precious, they are valuable to you. You said they're more important than all the material work of, of this world put together. Thank you,
2: Anyone
1: Jesus. that is here today, Thank you, Jesus. have your way in our lives, Thank Lord.
2: You, we ask in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Lucas, for that great word this morning. We're going to do things just maybe a little bit different here this morning. I'm going to ask all of Those that are here, if you're you're a part of of the Tower of Pentecost this morning, I'm going to ask you to come down if you're willing to do so. And I'm going to ask all of these ministers and their wives, I would be honored if you would come around and, and pray for this assembly. We, we really were, were' so honored to have such a group with us here today we want your influence upon us we want your your blessing upon our assembly we never get a group like this right one time so how about it would you like even would that be okay this morning would you come If you're willing to come we want you to just walk around and pray for these here today ministers your wives we would just appreciate your prayers hallelujah hallelujah because we we so much we so much want to reach our community we want to do whatever it is that we can do to to reach the souls of men hallelujah 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 that's it, man. Don't, that's it, don't be, don't be bashful. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, we need you, Jesus. Oh, we need you all, we need you Lord. we need you all we
2: We want to walk out of here today, Lord, with just a a closeness of your arms being around us. Draw us closer, Lord. Help me in the hearts and our minds, God, just to lean towards you, to reach for those things, dear God, that you have ready for us, Lord. Oh, God, we know, Lord, that you're coming is so soon. God, we want to be ready, God. We want to take somebody with us, Lord Jesus. Now pray God for your anointing upon this assembly, this local flock and the shepherd and his family, Lord Jesus. And oh God, that you will lead them and guide them, God, to greater miracles and greater wonders and signs that you've promised us in these last days. That the souls of these tri-city areas, dear God, amen, they will begin to feel the calling. The reaching of your presence hallelujah, into their lives, hallelujah. the Lord, they will find their way, dear God, yes, and they will cross past hallelujah. somebody that's hungry, Lord Jesus. Jesus oh God, lead us and guide us, Lord. Thank you for your word today. Thank you. Oh God, your presence—there's no words that can explain the sweetness of your presence. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.